I don't really know what God has in store for us this year. Uh, I just think it's incredible what he's going to do. I, I really do. Y'all, y'all sense that, you know, we're moving into a different season. I know, I know that's kind of cliche. I, I kind of get tired of when I hear the, what's the word for the next year? And you always hear the word shift, you know. If you're a good prophet, you were, use the word shift. We're shifting. Or we use the seasons. Or we, but... You know, probably didn't sense it so much last year. And maybe it's because we purchased that building on Irving. Maybe that, that was something that we had, it's been lingering for us for a long time. Or we're going to get that, or we're going to get a building so we can finally expand. And yet, and now we finally have, we've got two buildings and we're, we've got a lot to do this, this coming year. Uh, but God's going to make a way for us, going to provide for us uh, the funds. He's going to provide the workers. Yeah, come on. And... and a lot, of you, a lot of you have already expressed, how can I help? How can I be a part of that? And so that's awesome because God is raising up people. I, you know what I believe for this year? I believe we're going to have a lot of more life groups this year. I believe a lot of the life groups that are already functioning are going to, are, are going to divide and multiply, and we're going, to, we're going to have more life groups because God's going to raise up more and more leaders in our church. He's going to raise up more and more people that can, then, that can found, have a, a church, uh, have people in their home coming together so they can begin you know, ministering to one another, and then they can bring in those people that really don't like to go into a church building. And they'll, maybe they'll, they'll come to your house because, hey, you're their coworker and you're pretty cool. Okay. So I just think I, this is what I want. I want each of you as individuals to believe that God's going to use you in some significant way this coming year. It's not going to be about church so much and what the pastor is doing, what the praise team can do. And, you know, I said that a few weeks ago. John Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And, and that's the way it is. It's, it's what can you do for the kingdom of God? Quit asking God to do everything for you. Do, and and Partner with what he's already doing to see the kingdom advance. Two or three amens. Come on, church. If you don't listen up, I'm going to have you break up into groups right here. Start. We used to do that when we were a smaller group. We would break into groups, and, and it was, it's powerful. But we still, we still do body ministry. Uh, how many of you feel like you have a gift from the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> Lift your hand. Okay, how many of you have been using that gift? Don't raise your hands. How many of you have been using that gift this week? How many of you really have been using that gift? Because this is really what this message is about today. It's probably one of, a, one of a, the simpler messages I'll preach. But, you know, the simpler sometimes is the most profound. Because sometimes we forget the simple. We want the, the deep. Get us out in that deep water. We want to talk about theology, Pastor. And I say, okay. We're going to talk about theology. We're going to talk about God. Okay? So if you have your Bibles, turn them to Matthew chapter 9. Today, you know, we're moving, this series is called Moving Forward with Faith. Say, Moving Forward with Faith. Moving forward with faith. And so last week we talked about what moved Noah to build the ark. Remember? And it was what? You know, anybody remember what he was moved by? <laughs> no. Good try. Godly fear. Godly fear. He was moved. The Bible says he was moved with godly fear. Now, faith is a part of it, of course. I'll give you that because it's always a part of whatever we're doing if we're moving forward in, with God. So it's got to be about faith. And this one would be about faith, too. So we're going to be moving forward like Noah moved forward in, in, in 
with a godly fear, but today I want us to see what moved Jesus to do what he did. We're going to look, and we're going to look at some passages, and so you really need to keep your Bibles ready or your app ready, your Bible app open, or watch the screen if he can keep up with me. I know some people say, well, you sure do preach fast. Well, I got a lot to say, so... Matthew 9, verse 35. Now, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What was he preaching? And, er- and healing every sickness and every disease among the people, all of them. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Say, moved with compassion. Don't you love that about Jesus? Here is the Son of God, the King of kings, the Creator of gods, and He's in a human form, and He says He was moved with compassion. That's the first thing I want you to see this morning. If you take notes, moved with compassion. Now, here's a definition, the Greek definition. I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to try to say the word. It's about that long. But here's what, in that, te- in that context, what compassion is defined, at, is defined as. It's, it's being moved from our innermost being. In the Greek, the word was bowels. Say bowels. bowels. So we're not talking about bowel movements, but we are. We are. We're going to be moved by compassion. Okay? I know that sounds a little crude, but if we get down to the nitty-gritty of it, he says that it's the Greek is the bowels were considered the seat of emotions, the, the deep down emotions. Have you ever had a gut feeling? Yes. Have you ever had something that just got you right there? That's what he's talking about. He said he had, he had this deep emotion within himself. Now, the word here is, is not about so much about anger or uh, anything like that. Here's what the, the definition for this, ver- this uh, place of compassion in this text. It's the seat of the tender affections, especially kindness, benevolence, compassion. Hence, our heart, tender mercies, a heart in which mercy resides. Does mercy reside in your heart? Does compassion reside in your heart? Listen, if Jesus resides in you through the Holy Spirit, you should have compassion. Because he is manifest in us and through us to do what we do. Amen? Amen. So he, he had this great pity on these people. Because listen, this is the compassion. He says they're weary and they were scattered. You know anybody this morning that's weary? I am, Pastor. <laughs> any of you have any, pa- any family members that are scattered? See, we think of that as, as the world. The world is lost. The world is scattered. The world is weary. And we have a message for them. But we also have a message for the church. Because the church, many times, the people of the church, they're weary and they're scattered. Some, did you know many people have left the, the assembly, the ecclesia, they've left the body of Christ because somebody offended them? And they're out there and now they're weary and they're lonely, they're depressed, and they're trying to do it on their own. And they've forgotten how much power, how much joy, how much encouragement can come from being a part of the body of Christ. He designed us this way. He said, you're a body, some of your hands, some of your feet, some of your eyes, some of your nose, some of your ears. He said, I've designed the church that way to be a body that functions together. He said, but you're weary and you're scattered. He looked at him and he said, they're weary and they're scattered like sheep that have gone astray. You know, and he's like, oh man, how can I? He had compassion. 
So we need to look at the, the, the people that have left, that have fallen away, the world. We need to look it around and we need to have compassion. And we need to say, how can we help them? Instead of, why are you gone? Why don't, what's wrong with you? Why don't you get a job? You know, we, we are really quick to point fingers at people. I mean, God, he, he, uh, he convicted me this morning. I was having my prayer time this morning by the fireplace. And, and uh, I, I, sometimes I watch those reels, you know, and, and I know I shouldn't, but I do. And, uh, <laughs> and there have been some famous preachers that have gotten in a lot of trouble lately. You know what I'm talking about? Don't name them. Don't name them. And I'm like, man, I can't believe you did that. I can't. I, and I started like jumping in with the rest of the people, all these other people that like to, you know, they're, little, they're below it and they got the guy above them and they're talking and they're talking. They're talking almost as much trash as the guy they're trashing. And I thought, man, have I prayed for him? Have I prayed for him? Have I prayed for that preacher that's, out there doing some things that are just not godly? Or have I jumped on the bandwagon? You ever done that? I think I told you this before. I remember when Justin Bieber started out, he would always say, I, I love Jesus. My mom brings me in the church. And, and he got way, way, way off. And I thought, are Christians just praying for him? Or are they just pointing fingers at him telling him how bad he is? Because that's what most of them did. I remember B.J. Thomas Raindrops keep falling on my head. Y'all remember him? Yes. Just like a guy whose feet are too big. I, I remember him. In, that was in a cool movie that he sang that. And I think it was a, who was it? Was Sundance? What is it? The, Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy. Yeah, Butch Cassidy. Yeah, good movie. A little violent, but hey. He gave his life to Jesus, and he started singing Christian songs. And then in his concert, he might sing that song too, and everybody, boo. They started condemning him. You know what? He didn't last very long. He said, I, I, I can't deal with this crowd. Christians are some of the most judgmental people. Instead of praying for people, we judge them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm really off topic here. But Jesus had pity on them. He had mercy on them. And he was moved with compassion. Matthew 14, 13, just the first part of 13. Now, when Jesus heard it, I'll tell you what it was in a second. He departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Now, what he had just heard was the news that his cousin, John the Baptist, who had been arrested for putting, you know, telling the king, Herod, that he had, he had messed up, he was a sinner. He had been arrested, and, and you know, then his, 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 uh, his wife coerced her daughter to ask for John the Baptist's head to be put on a platter. That's what she wanted for her birthday. I didn't want a birthday cake. She wanted a man's head on the platter. And they did that. And so he just gets the news that John, his, his cousin, had been beheaded. The one that paved the way for Jesus, the forerunner. Says when he heard it, he departed from there. He just wanted to get by himself. Because remember, John said, hey, is, is Jesus the one? Did I miss it? And Jesus said, you go back and tell him. What you're seeing me do. You go tell him what the Father's doing through me. And then he gets this news. But he didn't have the luxury of getting by himself very long. Look at the rest of 13. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him, Jesus, on foot from the cities. 
And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. The second thing I want you to think, see is that what compassion moved Jesus to heal people. It just moved him to heal people. I remember one episode of The Chosen. Anybody watch The Chosen? I, and I never thought about it. And it, it really awakened me to some things. And, and I know a lot of it's, it's how they, they perceive things. But it was a day that Jesus had nonstop people coming to him to be healed. Y'all remember the episode? And he went into this tent and he was, he was wiped out. He was wiped out. You remember when the woman the, with the issue of blood, he said he felt the power come out of him? So every time these people came and they were just one after the other after the other. So I just want to get alone. But he couldn't because of his compassion. Sometimes we get weary of doing good things, church. Don't give up. When you're the weariest, when you're the tiredest, and God says, I've got one more for you to call. I've got one more for you to visit. I've got one more for you to pray for. But God, I'm tired. Really? And Jesus, because he was full of compassion. Bill, for what you did, and I know you don't want any glory for this, but that's a, lot, that's a tough trip for a man over 40. <laughs> I don't like to drive long distances anymore. I just at that age, you know, three-hour drive is a long drive. Get me to San Antonio and I want to rest, you know. And Bill could have said, you know, I could pray for him right here. But he was compelled. And I'm going to say he was compelled by compassion. Now, the love of God that compelled him to go, you know what, I've got to go. How many of you have ever felt that way? I just got to go. I I can't stay here. I've got to go do something right now. My wife is, she's, she does that all the time. I say, but honey, and she, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Compassion, that's one of her favorite things about Jesus. She's always told me that. So don't grow weary in your well-doing. He could have gone and he could have gone into his tent. He could have said, get rid of these people. I am tired. I've healed about a thousand people today. And yet he said he had compassion and he healed their sick. Mark 6 tells the same story. We're going to get into that story in a minute. And you're going to go, he's jumping around. I am for a purpose, okay? Just follow with me. But Mark 6 of the gospel has a different perspective. And they saw things differently, different things that Jesus did. But it's the same story. It's the same event in Mark 6, 34. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were there like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Now, I thought this was interesting. The third thing I want you to see this morning is that because of compassion, Jesus taught the people. We don't necessarily associate compassion and teaching, do we? Or discipling. But he was so, the thing about having a compassion like that to teach somebody is, is because he had a purpose in it. Because he knew there was going to be a day he wasn't going to be here. He had to teach them. This is going to be a day that a lot of people, a lot of leaders in here, they're going to go on to glory. And you're going to be left here. Did we teach you? 
Are you teaching people that, uh, is it, is it going to be something that it's just going to die out? You know, there are movements that have died out over the centuries. Great movements of God that have just died out because they failed to carry the torch. They failed to keep that, the, the light burning. They failed to keep discipling. It all became, it would dwindle down and all of a sudden it would become about a person instead of the movement of God. And so it would die out. I've heard people, hey, I used to be a part of that such and such movement. And, and where is it today? Well, you know, it kind of died out. Why did it die out? If God's moving, well, apparently God just got tired and said, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. No, the people get tired. And we quit moving in the gifts that God has given us. He taught the people. You've heard that old saying, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Anybody not heard that? <laughs> Mario almost raised his hand like, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, he caught me there. You're welcome. You're one of many Marios, so nobody knows. We have four or five Marios in this church. Yeah. We're going to have a Mario Brothers band someday. I can't wait. See, the people that Jesus was ministering to, they'd been led astray by the Pharisees. They were taking advantage of the people. I think that's one of the things that bothered Jesus the most. When he said they're weary and they're scattered, it was what the Pharisees were putting these burdens on them, making them do things and pour their money into the coffers so the Pharisees could live this luxurious life. He was calling them out on it. Man, he called them out on it, Pam. How would you like to be called a, a viper? <laughs> you bunch of snakes? Oh, we're Pharisees. No, you're snakes. Well, well, no, no, we're godly people. No, your father is the devil. That's what, he, that's what he said to them. The thing about it is he loved them enough to tell them the truth, church. Sometimes the truth seems a little hard or harsh, but uh, when Jesus said it, it was because of love. He wanted to teach the people. You know, I, I like that scripture that talks about they marveled at his teaching. Yeah, y'all remember that one? They just marveled at his teaching because they had never heard anybody teach like this. I think it was because of the compassion that was in his heart to teach the people. And see, we need people like that in our church, that you have such a compassion in your heart, you want to teach people, you want to train people, you want to mentor people. I, you know, I think of teachers that, that especially school teachers that, teach the, uh, those children with learning disabilities. The patience that they have. And I, I would almost guarantee you they have compassion. And they see that child and they see the possibilities. They see the hurt. They, they, they see the weariness of being in, in that situation or even for the parents and they want to help that child. But that's, who, that's the heart of Jesus this morning. Now go to Mark 1. I love this. Mark 1. Verse 40. Now a leper came to him, Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus 
Say it with me. Moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I'm willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. The fourth thing I want you to see this morning is that Jesus, because of compassion, he touched the people. Now that doesn't sound like much. You know, one of the things I just simply hated about COVID was that we had to separate. Six feet apart. My wife slept in one room and I slept in it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Had a line drawn. (laughs) Do not cross this line. But I, I didn't like, I hated that about COVID. And you know what? It's permeated us into our society now, and it's kind of still lingering. Yes. Next time you're in a grocery store and it says stay back, just get up close to them. <laughs> just bother them. And breathe real heavy and cough a couple of times. <laughs> so they can bless you. <laughs> I like it when... People come up and we hug. We're hugging church. We're hand-holding church. You know, like last week I said, grab everybody's hand and raise them up. Some of you are probably going, ah. yeah. And then as soon as you got through that song, you were like getting the hand sanitizer around. You. So it's, it's okay if you feel, unless I'm, I shouldn't even be making fun of some of you like, some of you are like that way. And it's okay. And, uh, but God says, Jesus saw this man with his skin falling off of him. That's what leprosy was. And if a leper came around, you know what they had to say? Unclean. Unclean. Matter of fact, they weren't supposed to even come around. They had their own place they kept themselves to. So embarrassed to be out in public. And Jesus could have said, Pam, where are you? There you are. Be clean. (laughs) And she would have been clean. He would have been clean. He could have. But he didn't. Did he? He walked down. He said, I'm willing. Be clean. Can you imagine the gasp of the people around? (gasps) Oh, now you're unclean. See, if you touched an unclean person, you became unclean. Didn't work that way on Jesus. Oh, it didn't work that way on it doesn't work that way on us, church. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody is just give them a hug. You don't have to give them a bunch of words. Sometimes they can't hear the words anyway. They just need to hear, I'm here. I'm here for you. I deal with people all the time, and sometimes I'll just text them after I get through. I'm here. Because they don't want to hear me. They don't want to hear truth. And so I'll just text them. I love you. We're here for you. When you're ready to talk, I'll listen. When you come in this room, I don't care what you've been doing out there. I don't care what you profess. I don't care anything about that. I'll hug you. And most everybody in this place will do the same. Have a hugging ministry. I've heard of the laughing ministry. We just need a hugging ministry. 
And remember, if you're hugging a woman, it's a side hug. <laughs> Church hug. I don't know the way our society is now. They should all probably be side hugs. <laughs> <Ba-dum, ba-dum. laughs> some of you got that, some of you didn't. But he gave us an example. He touched him. Okay, now I have a reason for going back to Matthew 14, which we're way back in the beginning of the sermon. Matthew 14, go back there. I want to get out of here early so we can go watch the cow. Oh, now they're not in. Oh, that was fun. I love that. There's somebody here last week that was a Green Bay Packer fan. Who was it? Are you, are you ashamed to stand up? Was it Green? They had a jersey. Was it you? And you said, oh, they're going to, yeah, they're going to, I'll mess up the Cowboys. You were prophetic. If I was a betting person, I'm going to come talk to you about the next, next game. Okay. Matthew 14. Got you back on track now, right? Verse 15. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away so that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. You know, another, another one of the gospels says the little boy had a, his lunch basket. And he said, Bring them here to me, the, fa- the five loaves and the two fish. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. He'd had them in groups of 50. And, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the... To the who? And the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were all filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Leftovers, they had the little styrofoam thing, you know. I want to say this for tonight, you know. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children, so it could have been 10, 15, 20,000. We don't know. Some kids, some of the families probably had a lot of kids, you know. The fifth thing I want you to see is that the disciples fed the people. Oh, no, 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 Pastor. Jesus fed the, the people. No, actually, the disciples fed the people. Let me read it. Verse 16 again. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You. Give them something to eat. So if Jesus says you need to give somebody something to eat, who needs to give somebody something to eat? You, me, right? And then in verse 19, it says, He commanded the multitude to sit on the grass. He took the five loaves, two fish, and looking up into heaven, he broke broke it and gave the loaves to the disciples. And then the disciples fed the people. The disciples gave to the multitudes, right? Am I right? So who fa- listen, if there's 20,000 people there and you got that little group of guys, 12 guys up here and Jesus is talking to them there, you don't even know what's going on up there. You're like, what are they? See, we have a different picture of it, right? We always say, well, I'm sure everybody just saw Jesus going, five loaves and two, you know. No, if there's 20,000 people, there, I'm sure they're all talking. They're milling around, man, I'm going to kind of get hungry. Why are we sitting in groups of 50? And all of a sudden the disciples show up with baskets of bread and baskets of fish. And who do you think they thought fed them? The disciples. They might not even known that Jesus did what he did. God provided 
the disciples obeyed and they fed the people. And all of this goes back to compassion. He looked at all these people and said, they need help. They're hungry. They're sick. They have leprosy. What can I do for them? Remember the blind man comes to Jesus? Jesus said, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? You may have somebody that comes to you and they're in need. You may think, what can I do for them? And I will tell you this, what has God done for you? Well, I, I don't have, what? I can't, what? You, you can't say that to God. You can't say, I can't. You just can't. God says, God says you can do all things through me. I'm going to give you the strength to do it. He's the one that said, here's a fish. Here's the loaves. Go feed them. He has supplied so many things to us as a body, and we've held on to them instead of giving them away. That's what I love about this church. I love our food pantry. I love that we serve. I love about when we go into the communities and we, we help children. We give bikes away and we give, we give the Bibles away. We give the Word away, but we give food first and we gather, gather the people in so many different ways here in this body of believers. And because you know what God's done for you. You can't help but do what God's... You can't help but give away what God's already given you. It's not yours anyway. It's so much, so, it's so much fun to give away what's not yours. Because none of it belongs to you. Matthew 9, 35. Almost done. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. I read that at the beginning of the sermon. But I didn't read the next two verses. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Come on, help me. It's it's, it's a simple word, F-E-W. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The sixth thing that Jesus was compelled to do because of compassion actually transfers to us. Jesus said to pray for laborers. He said, you give them something to eat? Back in Matthew 14, now he said, now pray for some other people to come alongside and you do the work of the ministry. Pray for laborers. That's the heart of Jesus. Because there's a lot of lost sheep in there around us. How many of you would attest to that? There's a lot of lost sheep out there. They're weary. And God is looking for a people that have compassion. He's looking for a people that have the compassion of Christ. 
He's looking for a people that are willing to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm going to close with this scripture. 1 John 3, 16. This is the Amplified. By this we know and have come to understand the depth and the essence of his precious love, that he, Jesus, willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. But whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources, and sees his brother in need, but has no compassion for him. This is strong stuff here. How does the love of God live in him? If you see your brother in need and you just go, I don't got time for you. I don't have anything for you. How can the love, he said, how can the love of God live in you when you have no compassion for your, at least your brothers and sisters in Christ? Little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth. Say action. Say truth. In practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. See, the thing is, you can be moved with compassion and not move in action. You can be moved with compassion. Oh, wow, did you, honey, did you see that? Did you see that family? Did you see what was the, the, the circumstances? There? Oh, I just feel so sorry for them. Well, let's just pray for them. Now, I'm one making. I don't know that came out like, let's just pray for them. <laughs> Jesus, just touch them, heal them, give them everything they need. We got to go by. Right? Oh, we're so busy. Got places to be, things to do, people to see. We don't have time for these people. God says, hey, I'm weary. I've been healing people all day. Let's do something. Let's feed them now. I just lost my cousin. Yeah. He was beheaded. Still, people, they need me. People need you. You are a representative ambassadors of Jesus Christ. An ambassador of compassion. And I thank God that I'm a part of a church. I believe that we are a compassionate people. But can we do better? Of course. We can all do better. This year, would you make it a point in your heart to say, God, I want to operate. I, I don't want to miss an opportunity to operate in compassion. When you show me, I want to be faithful. I want to be obedient. You may say this morning, well, pastor, I'm just not there yet. I'm just not at that place yet. I'm just still trying to get me fixed. Did you know you can fix other people, help other people and still get yourself fixed at the same time? Matter of fact, that might help you get fixed. When you quit worrying and thinking only about yourself. And that's what we do. That's just what we do. Well, when I get everything lined up and everything all, my life is all straight, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to really... No, minister in your brokenness. Yes. Minister in your brokenness. You don't have to be perfect to minister. Oh, here's a good one. Pastor, there are some people that need help. Can you help them? And I would say, can you help them? Well, isn't that what y'all do? Isn't that what we pay you to do? No, that's not what you pay me to do. You pay me to teach, to preach, 
to minister. Listen, if we all get on board and do this thing, it's just going to blow up. We'll have more people to minister to who we can possibly. Oh, but if, if they find out that we, if they find out that we help people, they're going to be knocking down the door. Yeah, they will be. And we'll answer the door. Amen. So I would say to you, you that say I'm not there yet, start declaring that you are there. Start declaring that who you are in Christ. Start confessing that you are a person of faith. Start believing that with God all things are possible because you do believe that God is who he says he is. I wrote this this morning. Compassion, motivated by love, fueled by faith, results in people being healed, fed, taught, and touched by God. Everything that moved Jesus and everything that he did is in you. Everything that he did, come, you're listening to me? Everything that he did and moved him is in you if you know him, if he lives in you. If the love of Christ is in you, you will do these things. And you don't have to be reluctant about it. You don't have to be fearful. You have to have faith to do them. That's why we're moving forward in faith this year. Because you're going to go, I didn't know I could pray for somebody. I didn't know I could. See, touching is just, this is touching. In the name of Jesus, he said, you will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. So we're going to touch people. We're going to hug people. We're going to pray for people. We're going to feed people. And we're going to see people healed because we're faithful. And we're going to move with compassion. Compassion is our mandate. Love God. Love people. Amen.